Yes, what a wonderful grace that we have the privilege to be the people of God, to be His children, and to have this blessed assurance what the Lord has done great things in us and for us. I think all of us, we are very grateful to be here at this place again, to hear the precious and holy word of God and to be strengthened by Him anew and be blessed. And we are in great expectation and the Lord will bless mightily tonight. I would like, for the word of introduction, read us a word from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And to this we all stand up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from the beginning. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you. Unless ye have believed in vain. Up to here, this word. And we are grateful to God that from the very beginning His servants by the Holy Spirit declared the gospel. And this is our guideline. And the same word, the same gospel is still being proclaimed today through the true servants of God. And it has the power to save and to inherit the blessing. May the Lord speak tonight to our hearts. We want to pray now. And I would like to ask Brother Schmidt that he comes to the front, that he prays with us. Great God, we are looking up to you, the living and true God, who you have revealed yourself in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we recognize that we, beside you there is no God, no salvation, no assurance. Beside you there is no gospel. Oh God, I thank you that you have sent it to us, that you made us sons and daughters. You made us your children. And so we ask you tonight, we have come together, Lord, to be one in fellowship. And this fellowship with you is very precious to us. We ask you, Lord Jesus, go through our midst, go through our rows, go from heart to heart and touch it. Let us praise you and honor you 
open our hearts, open our ears, open our eyes, Lord, open everything so that we receive everything what you have to say unto us. Because in your word is life, and this life is ours, because you have given it unto us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please bless all your people all over the earth, all over those who are connected online. My God, bless. Reveal thyself for the glory of thy name. Anoint the lips through which you will speak. Anoint your word, and we want to praise you for it and honor you. Amen. Let us sing, Come from on high. Come, Spirit of the Lord. Only believe. Gottes Lamm sei Ehre. Ehre, 
Und noch einen, ich lieb ihn, ich lieb ihn. I love him. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We welcome all of you, in particular those who are here today for the first time. Perhaps after a long time you are here again. And of course all from all over Europe from the high north, Finland, up down to Italy. All the neighboring countries are represented and we thank the Lord God for the great privilege which we have to hear His word, to believe with all our hearts, to go with, to With the proclamation, God bless in particular our precious brothers and sisters from the African countries. God bless them. The sister from Cameroon and all the people, all the brothers and sisters who are here for a visit. May God bless all. And may these two days May God make it for days which will be unforgettable for us, days of blessings, where really no one goes out empty-handed. Then we have greetings from the USA, from Canada, from many countries of Africa, from one end to the other from India, from South America. Yes. Then with greetings from Italy, from Switzerland. And Brother Wallström is of course greeting you in particular. And yes, I hope that we mentioned all. And if not, Then we ask for forgiveness. Then for all the French-speaking and English-speaking people, it would be to be announced that we have the circular letter ready in both languages and that you can take it with you. Our two sisters, Sister Christa and Sister Janina, they will look after everything. You can take it from the dispatch. <coughs> What else is to be announced? The question was, the question was, when will be, when we will be in Italy, in, Ma in Palermo and Milano? In the moment, we have not yet any date. The time is really booked out fully. October, God willing, is planned for all of India, from the far north, 
from New Delhi up to the south, to Chennai, and then it goes to Sri Lanka, the former Ceylon, and God willing, also all of November is already booked a special meeting, especially for you in Austria. God willing, we will be in Novi Sad on the second Saturday in November and afterward it goes to the Far East, up to the Fiji Islands, to Port Morrisby. If one looks on the map, left from Australia, direction to Hong Kong, and then one finds the islands. And I just would like to redeem the time to also visit countries where I was not yet to carry the holy and precious word. Then, the Lord willing, the December is also fully booked for South America, for Peru, what is it, Haiti and Cuba. We really, the whole year, all, but always, uh, if the Lord gives grace and the Lord willing, we planned already the whole year to share the Holy Word with many, many people, with as much as possible, with as many as possible. This is our task, and this we want to, to do. Today we have the Lord's Supper, and I have to say, honestly, I was already happy I was glad when I listened to this lovely singing. It's really a difference whether one just sings because one sings or whether one can tune in with all our hearts. If one can tune in with our hearts. And the same applies for the prayer. The same can also apply to the hearing of the word. One, ha one has to hear with all one's heart, receiving and having an inner agreement to the word of God. In the word of introduction, we have read something very wonderful. But before I read verse four, 3 and 4, I would like to to thank our beloved brother Siegfried Fleck. I want to congratulate him for his birthday. It's just years since the year 1968 in which we have worked together and the looking after has happened in no other eastern country as with him. We are very grateful for our brother. God has blessed him visibly. And if I just may mention this, he is the only one amongst us 
who was almost one year in prison in the year of the Cold War because of the Word of God. Me, they just locked up for a few hours in Eastern Berlin. Yes, they also did it. But it was not so bad at all when I look back today. So, we thank God for all the brothers who are doing the translations. May the Lord bless you. May God bless all who are connected online. I was very glad when I, when I got the phone call from South Africa that also the conference in, in Atlanta, in Georgia, USA, was transmitted over the Internet. And you all know, the English language is the world language. And all the world speaks English. So, we could reach many people and the preaching works the best in the English language. It's a simple language. However, it is very powerful. Now, we come to our word observation. Brothers and sisters, today I would like to read us a number of scriptures which show us the finished work of redemption. And I'm just asking to believe with all your heart, to receive. It happened. It is finished. God could not do more than that what He did. We are redeemed. Our sin is forgiven. We have become God's own possession for time and eternity. We have all heard that, is, that it's written here that we preached the gospel that we should uh, that we should keep it as it was preached at the beginning from the commissioned mouths. And this is the powerful thing. We all know God had prophets and it was a commissioned mouth. Yes, the Lord God had apostles. He called them, He called them to declare the gospel, the word. And we should keep it in memory in the way as it was preached unto us in the original and as it was left to us in the Holy Scripture with the now the last part of verse 2 the last part of verse 2 in 1 Corinthians 15 unless unless ye have believed in vain. If we don't keep it in the original, then our faith is in vain. Believe as the scripture says. And this belief is was committed unto the saints once and for all. 
Now the two verses, verse 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, always according to the scriptures, always according to what God already announced. Let us come now to Exodus chapter 12 to show us in what kind of way and what kind of significance the blood already had in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 12. Yes, let us just read verse 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it, where they celebrate the meal. Israel is mentioned here, Israel is addressed here in verse 3 as the church. Before that, it were the people. Now, the calling out the church of Israel. And then came the instructions that the lamb should be slaughtered and the blood, the blood could only be applied left and right and on the top, not on the bottom, so that nobody, so that nobody tramples underfoot the blood of the covenant but remains under the protection of the blood because it was the blood of the covenant. In verse 13, we read in the same chapter, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Exodus chapter 24, we read, Exodus 24, verse 6 to 8. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read it, and read in the audience of the people, 
and they said, All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. And he said, Behold, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. The people of the covenant, the book of the covenant, the blood of the covenant. Here is the divine harmony by, by the blood with his people. Then we have in Hebrews chapter 9 the wonderful words the lining out in the New Testament based upon the Old. It's just so wonderful. Hebrews chapter 9 and here we read from verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Back to Leviticus 17, a word which we time and again have read. Leviticus 17, verse 11. Here we have the proof, the evidence that the life of the body is in the blood. Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Atonement for your sins. For it is the blood. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Verse 14. For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore, I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is in the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. In the Old Testament, that's how we repeatedly heard it from the mouth of Brother Brenham. The life of the animal which was sacrificed, which blood was shed, also all the blood of the lambs served only for the matter 
to cover up the sin. Only by the blood of the Lamb, the divine life could come back on us, into us. And we will read this scripture still. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul once again lined out 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and here we read verse 16 and 17, already in view of the Lord's Supper. The cup of blessing, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, being many, are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Hebrews chapter 13. These scriptures are really very precious. All these scriptures are so powerful and wonderful, but particular referred to this day, to the Lord's Supper, to the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Let us read now these scriptures receiving them by faith to just be transferred into it because God did it for our sakes and He let it happen for us. Hebrews 13 and here we read verse 12 up to 14. Hebrews 13 Verse 12 to 14. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. And now the admonition to all of us. Verse 13. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Ye, my people, come out, be ye separate. Go out from every camp, bear the reproach of the Redeemer as the redeemed. Verse 14. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. This we all understood. We could always sing this song, Take me from this earth, increase my faith, give me a faithful mind, receive me, my Jesus, as this German song goes. In Revelation chapter 12, 
we have the description of the overcomers, the description of those who will be taken up into glory of God. Revelation 12. I just read verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Here we have two things. The blood of the Lamb and the testimony. The testimony of Jesus Christ. And the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. The blood-bought flock is consecrated unto God, not only by the anointing, but also by the sealing with the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, God has God has revealed His Word to us and He sealed it in our hearts. This nobody can take out anymore. The Word of God does not only remain in this book forever, the Word of God abides for, in us forever. And it's also written in the second epistle of John, the, the Apostle, he said very clearly, the truth, the truth which is in our midst and which remains forever. First John, chapter 5. Here we have the testimony. First John, chapter 5, verse 8. And there are three that bear witness, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. And then we come to the testimony that God as Father, which God the Father has made about His Son. Then we can go to First Peter, and then to Second Peter, chapter 1, and we see there what is meant with this. Let us go once again to Genesis chapter 3. There was the danger that the first human beings would eat from the tree of life. And then in their fallen condition would live forever, would, would have lived forever. Genesis 3, verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and becomes immortal. 
This would, would have been very bad to have happened. The promise is already here in Genesis 3, from verse 13, 14, 15, that God would send the seed to bruise the head of the serpent and to give us the redemption. But just imagine, just imagine, the fallen man would have eaten from the tree of life, would have become immortal in his sinful condition. Oh, what could God have done with this? And therefore, the cherubims with their circling sword were put before the entrance of the paradise because God had a plan of salvation. The fallen human being should have received forgiveness, redemption. The fallen human being should have been brought back to God to then live with God forever, namely after receiving eternal life. And now, to all who have problems, let me read to you from 1 Timothy chapter 6 that only God alone is immortal and that all who have eternal life that they will be transferred also into immortality at the return of Jesus Christ, our Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and here it is verse 16 who alone has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man has ever seen nor can see to Him be honor and power. Amen. So, He who has alone immortality, by His grace, He created Himself a body to in this body only to die after the flesh. Not after the spirit. After the body, he died. After the flesh, he was laid into the tomb. According to the spirit, he went down to preach unto the spirits in prison. To then conquer death and hell by the power of his resurrection. He rose and he could cry out, I live and ye shall live also. Also, this we have said time and again. Man, in Genesis 1, he, was, he, he didn't sin in the spiritual body, but after, in Genesis 2, verse 7, after he was created, 
after he was put into the body of flesh, he sinned. Eve was not taken out from Adam in Genesis 1. No, she was taken out from him in Genesis 2. Only there Adam could, have, could sleep. In Genesis 1, he could not sleep in the spiritual body. Only in the body of flesh he could sleep. And here is the bridge from the Old to the New Testament, from the first Adam to the second Adam. When our Lord in all of the Old Testament uh, appeared in the spiritual body, He could not die. He had to come into flesh. The Word had to become flesh and to dwell amongst us because we have sinned in this body of flesh together with Adam and Eve. We sinned. And only by this we could have been redeemed to then be transferred back into the spiritual body. This is, in a very brief uh, description, the realization of the plan of salvation of our God, who made out of the children of men, He made children of God by His grace who has taken away the power of death, even from the power of Satan. He redeemed us and He delivered us. And by grace, He has given us eternal life. In Philippians, in chapter 2, we read, Philippians, chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Philippians 2, verse 7 and 8. God's word is just so powerful. And we are very happy about it. Verse 7 and 8. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself how great is our Lord the Lord became servant for our sakes he who, cre who spoke all of the universe into existence. He, to, him was to whom was given all the power on earth and in heaven, he, he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Here we have the example of the Redeemer. And whoever reads the four Gospels, he will find out of what kind of things were done with our Lord and Redeemer 
when he was a man, what kind of titles and designations were given to him. That's how no man on earth was, was handled with, as with our Lord. He was, a, he was a deceiver, he was a criminal, he was everything. Just make yourself the effort. The next time when you read the Gospels, make yourself the effort to read what, have, what has happened, what, what, what was said to him, to our Redeemer on the way to Calvary. Until he was spit at, he was mocked, he was beaten and mocked, scoffed at. And this with the remark, prophesy who has beaten you. And he walked this way to give us the redemption. How do you react? How do I react? If some people are giving us titles which we don't like. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here we have the climax, the climax at the return of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And also, we will be taken into immortality. 1 Corinthians 15, we read from verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible body must put on incorruption, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Here we have, again, the word immortality. Only God is immortal. Now we are transferred into the direct divine stand condition and receive our immortality to live forever together with the Lord our God, our Redeemer. Verse 54 So, when this corruptible body shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal body shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is thy sting? Hell, where is thy victory? Did you pay attention? The immortality 
refers to the body. Did you all pay attention? The eternal life we already have now by the faith in Jesus Christ. Because that's how it is written in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. He who has the Son of God has eternal life. Let us read it once again in verse 54 so that all know and hear closely now. So, when this corruptible body, not the soul, when this corruptible body shall have put on incorruption, And this mortal body, mortal body, shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the word which is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is thy sting? Hell, where is thy victory? Brothers and sisters, the redemption is perfect. And from God's side, we are ordained to be with Him forever. And in the resurrection body, in the immortal body, there will be no age, no problem, no sickness, nothing, nothing. The old is past. Behold, all things have become new. And death, death will be no more. Just say thanks to the Lord for the finished work of redemption on the cross of Calvary. Now, a couple of scriptures which also belong to it and which fit to it from Ephesians chapter 3. And here we read verse 8, Ephesians chapter 3, namely from verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What a powerful word. The, the unsearchable riches of Christ to preach it. Verse 9 in Ephesians 3 and to make all men see what is the realization of the mystery which which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. And then comes our task as the church to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be no might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. 
also this we looked at already. When our beloved Lord and Savior walked this earth, he had a body, because that's how it is written, a body thou have prepared for me. But now, the body of the Lord is the church. The church as one body she was put together out from many members and Christ is the head of the church the head of his body brothers and sisters take this word seriously God has ordained us as a church to as through the Son of God all things have, have been found fulfillment, so also all the promises have to be fulfilled by the church. We have received a great task from God, and this great task, by His grace, we will fulfill it. God will restore. Don't, be, don't worry. We just have to believe and to give glory to God for it. The wonderful word now in Colossians. Colossians 1 from verse 19. Colossians 1 from verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. God was in Christ and has reconciled the world with Himself. He has taken away all our sins and the letter of requirements was torn into pieces. He has given us forgiveness and reconciliation by His grace and we may be God's possession for all eternity. Here in these verses, verse 26 and 27, in Colossians 1, we read, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. And now, verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not a riches in treasures here or there, but the divine riches with which we were blessed. We in Christ and Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
in the second chapter in Colossians, it's written in verse 13, Colossians 2, verse 13, And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. This Amen was not loud enough. Really not. Really not. No. What a message. This is the gospel. This is the full gospel, the full salvation which God has given us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. The all, all of the letter of requirements, with all the trespasses, with all the sins, with everything what could accuse us before God. This letter of requirements is no more. It was blotted out and then nailed to the cross. Amen. This God did. This is a reality. God redeemed us fully. Nothing is left. Verse 15. And having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. When our Lord said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, this was in Matthew 10. And already there it was valid. But how much more? How much more is it valid after it happened in reality that all the powers were disarmed, were conquered? Today, today, if we today fight, then we fight with a de defeated enemy. We are battling with a defeated enemy because the victor of Calvary is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And therefore we thank God. Let us read it once again. And please, receive it. Believe it so that it can be given to you. Verse 15, once again. And having disarmed principalities and powers, fully disarmed, fully, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. 
It was not a little victory. It was a perfect victory. The head of the serpent was bruised. We are reconciled with God. We have been redeemed. All the power of the enemy is conquered. And in this victory of Calvary, we want to be found in. The Church of Jesus Christ has a right to it to experience this victory of our Lord, to proclaim it and to pass it on. Then we have the wonderful word in Isaiah 53. We all know what is written there. And I just would like to read verse 10 to 12 from Isaiah 53 in view of the Lord's Supper, in view to Calvary, in view to the finished work of redemption. Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. In the Old Testament, we have read of the blood which as an atonement was given. Here we read that our Lord, He offered Himself and He has given His blood, His life. The atonement has happened. We don't have to worry anymore. We just have to believe with all our hearts. We have to believe because only by faith we have the direct access to the throne of God. In verse 11 we read, He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Just remember now to Gethsemane. In his travail he shall see he shall see his seed and be satisfied. In Gethsemane, he knelt down and he prayed, If possible, let this cup pass over me. He drank this cup and therefore he will see his fruit. We are the fruit of the finished work of redemption. The redeemed are, of course, the fruit, the fruit of the work of redemption. He shall see his seed, his fruit. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, also you, for he shall bear their iniquities. Can it be said more clearly? To justify us, to justify us, 
because he has borne our iniquities. He has taken our iniquities on himself. And by this, by, by faith, we come unto the divine justification. And the devil has no right to accuse anymore. Please believe God's word as it is written here. That's how it, be- it has become true for all eternity. Then verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death. Thank you, Lord, for the reward, for the reward he has poured out his soul, his life unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He bare the sin of many. Psalm 110 is one of the main words. Sit on my right hand until I make I make I make the enemies thy footstool. Psalm 110, verse 4. Actually, one should read verse 1 also. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 4, The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We cannot go into details here. But every time when the Redeemer is shown in a certain task which is in connection with the redemption, then he is shown besides God. Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. When we see him as the Lamb of God, as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, as advocate, as mediator, as high priest, then we see him not as a second person of the Godhead, but in his tasks which he had to fulfill in connection with the plan of salvation. Sixteen times in the New Testament the place is quoted from Psalm 110. Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Whom did Stephen see? Stephen didn't see a second person 
Stephen saw the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of God. Sit thou at my right hand. The right hand is... The right hand upholds the victory. By the way, by the way, on my last journey through the USA and through Canada, just two weeks ago, I listened to 12 sermons of Brother Brenham. I have this little iPod, and there I have more than 1,000 sermons in it. And then Brother Brenham says, The pillar of fire comes always from the right. And the angel of the Lord stands always at my right hand. He just emphasized it in in one sermon, that that the pillar of fire never came from the left, but the pillar of fire came from top, but from the right side. And the angel of the Lord stood at his right hand. I don't want to go into details here, but I said it here before. Every time when I heard the voice of the Lord, always from the right side, never from the left, always from the top, but from the right. We don't go into details. Sit at my right hand. Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. You can all read it. Matthew 22, verse 44. Mark 12, verse 36. Luke 10, verse 42. Everywhere the same is written. One just has to find the key word and under the leading of the Holy Spirit one must go on, continue and to, to see what was said in which connection and where does it belong. For instance, in Revelation 5, there it says, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And in the next verse, and the lamb took the book, here lion, and the lamb, he can reveal himself, even at the same time, in different ways. Nobody can tell him how and what he has to do. And as I mentioned already, he is mediator of the New Testament. Therefore it is written, there is only one God and one mediator between God and man. Everything is written very clearly, but it has to be revealed to man by the Holy Spirit. Now, just quickly, before the Lord's Supper, let us go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. It's of course like this, that in the chapters of Hebrews, everything is set forth in a wonderful way. The plan of salvation of God with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us 
by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. Here we see our Lord as God in His power described. Everything at the right place, in the right connection. One just has to see it in the right way. Then, in Hebrews, chapter 2, we read only verse 8. Hebrews 2, verse 8. Thou hast put all things in subjection under His feet. You all see, subjection, subjection, submitting, it had to be this way. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. And now it comes, of course, that what gives us trouble. But now we see not yet all things put under Him. But as sure as it happened already, so sure it will happen. As we read before that, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Peter, here we have another wonderful word, 1 Peter, chapter 3, we read only verse 23, one moment, 1 Peter, chapter 3, ja. 1 Peter, chapter 3, I mean verse 22, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Everything has to humble himself before him. He is the victor of Calvary. In Matthew 26, we read the introducing words for the Lord's Supper, which were said at the Pesach feast. This we want to read now. Matthew 26, from verse 26 up to 29. Matthew 26, verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood, 
the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. We all know the blood was not in the cup. In the cup was wine. And all who have drank of it, they didn't drink blood. They drank wine. Everything was written and shown in symbols. The blood of the Redeemer, neither he drank nor the disciples. With his own blood, he entered into the Holy of Holies. And he laid the blood upon the mercy seat. And the blood remains on the mercy seat until our perfection. But here in the Lord's Supper, in the Lord's Supper, it is a memorial meal. A memorial meal. Remembering what our Lord did on the cross of Calvary. And so, that all can see it from the Holy Scripture, let us just read verse 29. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. What do we see here? One may not pick out one verse, but one must read on. One has to read on to see the exact connection from the scripture. He, he, he didn't say, I will not drink of the blood. From now on, uh, from now on, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you. How thankful am I, how thankful we are for the word of God. God's word gives us only clarity. Mark 14, we read the same. Mark 14 and here from verse 22. Mark 14, from verse 22. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. Listen to verse 24 and 25. And he said unto them, This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. To this he refers. And then comes verse 25. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. To this, the scripture from Luke 22, 
At this place, we are only concerned about the true and clear proclamation of the Word of God. And here nobody needs to change wine into blood. The change must happen in us. The inner must be changed so that we have the access to the throne of God, namely through the blood of the Lamb. Luke 22, from verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Here we have a summary. Both is mentioned, cup and blood. The cup was, the cup was drunk and the blood was shed for our redemption. One more scripture from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, John, chapter 6, verse 54, John 6, verse 54, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Here we have a wonderful summary of what has happened for us. And we all know, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper today, in memory, in memory to the work of redemption on the cross of Calvary, and Paul he described it in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11. Here he, he even he added something. He added a little bit of what was said in Matthew 26 under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let us read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also in the word of introduction we have heard that we should keep the proclamation in the original form as it was left to us by the apostles. Let us read once again. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night, in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take 
eat. This is my body for you. This is my body. And then the words, for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had given supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Remembering what has happened on the cross of Calvary. Verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Ye proclaim the Lord's death. What happened for us by the suffering and dying? When we take the Lord's Supper, the bread and then the cup, just thinking and remembering in the direct connection to our Lord and Redeemer. You have let your body be bruised. As this one bread is broken, and as we are many members amongst us, so we are making up one body, being put together by the leading of the Holy Spirit, purchased by the blood of the Lamb. We are God's own possession for all eternity. Let us summarize what we read tonight and what, what was said tonight. In the Old Testament, the blood was ordained for the altar. The blood was ordained for an atonement. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And then we see the people, and we see the book, and we see the blood of the covenant, the people of the covenant. Let my people go. Let my son go, my firstborn, that he may serve me. And the guarantee, the guarantee of the finished work of redemption in the Old Testament was the blood of the slaughtered lamb. This was redemption. This was forgiveness. This was protection, left and right, top and bottom. Just protected, totally protected by His grace under the blood of the Lamb. In the same way, it is in the New Testament. By the blood of the Lamb, fully redeemed, kept, kept under the blood of the Lamb, until we come from believing unto seeing, until we as the overcomers will appear before the Lord. As we read it in Revelation 12, verse 11, they have overcome him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
The word has become our testimony. And so we thank our faithful Lord for all of His word, for everything what is said to us therein. Now, one word to the foot washing. And all who don't see it yet, then God will reveal it. Maybe even today, we will see. At this place, nobody is told what he must do. We just read now the Holy Scripture and we believe what is written therein. Namely, John 13. Because of time, I just read from verse 14. John 13, from verse 14. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. This Amen I didn't hear. But it's good. We say Amen to every word of God. I can still remember it very well. A great Pentecostal preacher, he was laughing about this word. He, he said, you can, you, you, you can, uh, you can uh, clean my, my shoes. If, if the Lord would have meant this, he would have said it. But he said, feet, not shoes. If you go if in the Holy of Holies, there was a washing basin, and the Levites, they had to wash their feet and hand. Their hand and feet, they had to wash before they could minister in the Holy of Holies. And we are a holy priesthood. We are the sanctuary of God. We are redeemed. We are His and His will. May it be done through His church. In verse 15 he says, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. He washed all the feet. And we should, should also wash one another's feet. One another is written. Verse 14, the last part. Ye also are he also ought to wash one another's feet. The Lord didn't say, if you like, you can do it. If you don't like, then you can go like this. No, ye also ought, you're obligated to wash one another's feet. I will not dare. I will not dare to change around one single word. I will not dare to change one word. Let leave every word as it is written. And just ask from God, ask God for grace to do accordingly. Whether it can happen today already, 
This you may decide for yourself before the Lord. Once again, verse 15 and 16, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. We have not, we, we cannot say any more to it, but just, we can just, just say Amen. And let us stand up. And we ask the two sisters to come to the front singing a song. And then we remain in silent prayer. And that we prepare ourselves on our inside to celebrate the Lord's Supper with one another. I see here one piece of paper. Tomorrow we will have a child dedication and also baptism, the Lord willing. Let us sing in the meantime, just as I am. Nichts kann 
kannst du machen mehr. Er hat's gemacht, es ist vollbracht, es ist vollbracht. O Wort des Sieges, wenn mir der Satan naht, blick ihn zum Helden, der ihn zertreten hat. In Jesu Wunden bin ich erlöst und frei, sein lauter Todesruf ist nun mein Siegeschrei, nicht soll mich fesseln mehr des Feindes Macht. Es ist vollbracht, es ist vollbracht. Jesu, mein Heiland, dir sag ich Preis und Dank, o Überwinder, hör meinen Lobgesang. In deiner Gnade hüll ich mich tief hinein, in deinem teuren Blut bin ich gerecht und rein. Er sei dem Lamm, das rief, da 